Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's time now for the Bob Melvin Show, presented by Nest Bedding. The three-time manager of the year sits down with Chris Townsend, exclusively on A's Cast. Visit nestbedding.com today. Here now is Chris Townsend. It's now time for the Bob Melvin Show, right here on A's Cast, brought to you by nestbedding.com. Nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Go to all their locations in the Bay Area or go online and use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. I got to tell you, Bob, we were just on with Ray Fossey and the great Jim Palmer, the Hall of Famer, and Jim was talking about your time in Baltimore and how much he loves you, the Hall of Famer Jim Palmer. I tell you, you talk about being humbled, and and I've had a great relationship with Jim for a long time. You know, I remember coming when I was a high schooler and drafted by the Orioles, coming to work out with the Orioles here at the Open Coliseum and seeing Jim Palmer and just just not even knowing what to say. And nowadays I have a really, really good relationship with him. He's a terrific guy, so knowledgeable about the game of baseball and sports in general. Um, just a great resource and, and a terrific guy to, to, to be able to call a friend. Yeah, it, it's amazing how, like, he's talking about the A's, and you think he watches the A's every single game. He knows the entire team. Uh, his recollection of the past, where he's talking about his first roommate was Robin Roberts, and you're just like, my God, this guy is like an encyclopedia of baseball. He is. He's, he's probably the, the first guy that I – it was around that that just you know is really really smart you know it, it just knows everything about everything and talk about a talented athlete he's a great golfer he's a great tennis player he's he's just you know he's Jim Palmer so um, yeah he's he's very knowledgeable and he does watch us quite a bit I would say other than the Orioles he probably watches us the most you know when you look at this stretch just how bizarre is it that you start the season. 10 straight games without a day off. Then you get a couple days off. One of them was because of COVID. And then now you're in a stretch so early of 17 straight days. I mean, as a broadcaster, I'm like, wow. But, I mean, as a team, what is that like? Yeah, and, you know, traveling to the East Coast and, you know, playing foreign Tampa and coming back here, it's not ideal. But, you know, the schedule's a schedule. There's not much you can do about it. I don't love the the two days you get off and in in four days or whatever it is, um, you know, after a long stretch, but, you know, just with the two game series and, you know, with the, with the national league teams and so forth, most teams get that. So at some point in time, it'll break for us and we'll be better for it. We just got to grind through this stretch. 
Yeah, you know, when you look at your pitching staff right now, I mean, they've been doing a great job. And talk about Mike Fires and, and, and his first start. I mean, it's like you said it. It's like it's it, it's like coming out of spring training. If your first start is six innings and, and, and you give up three runs, you get a quality start. I, I mean, you, you can't ask for much more. Talk about what Mike Fires gave you yesterday. No, he gave us a chance to win, and, and against one of the better pitchers in the American League right now, too. We saw him over in Baltimore, and he was kind of the same guy yesterday, although threw a few more change-ups and pitched a little bit differently. So, you know, going out there, that you, you know, you're going to have to pitch well. And, you know, with our bullpen and the shape that it's in and only a seven-man pen right now and a stretch of 17 in a row, he had to pitch some innings yesterday, and he did. So being able to escape the, the sixth inning with, with no runs was huge for us, put some momentum in our dugout. Obviously, we had a chance in the ninth inning. We just didn't come through like we, we normally do here in the ninth inning in Oakland. And by the way, your bullpen has been lights out. I mean, just talk about your bullpen and how it's been so reliable for you. Yeah, it has. I mean, in particular, you know, the three guys we use, you know, with Petit, Diekman, and, and Lou, uh, they pitched a lot. JV's pitched a lot. You know, we you have to cycle these things around and use some other guys, especially during a stretch like this. But all these guys have pitched really well and kept us in a game in a period where we haven't swung the bats as well as we did, you know, maybe doing during that 13 game streak. So we've needed them to pitch well. They have, and you know, we, we expect more, you, you know, lineups get hot and get cold at the same time. Is, is there any way to look at that and to understand why that happens? You know, it's just, it's contagious, just like anything in baseball. You know, we, we go from losing six in a row to winning 13 in a row. And once you get on a roll, you feel like you can never, you know, you're going to win every game. And, and when you're on a losing streak, it just feels like you're up against it some. So just the way the game is. And, and you know, we're, you know, obviously losing Olsen hurts some. Um, and, and Chad Pender, especially during the stretch of all these lefties that we have uh, now and coming up, that doesn't help us much either. So. Um, you know, you're just going to go through difficult parts of the season when you have to grind through it, try to win some games and, and you know, keep the team, the other team opponent to to a minimum and, and try to score late like we've been able to do. Well, you know, I think good news is on the horizon. As we saw Chad taking ground balls yesterday here at, at the ballpark, it, how close is he to coming back? Well, I, I don't think he goes out and plays in games till maybe the 10th. So we're still probably two weeks away from seeing Chad here. Well, that 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 is going to be good news. And and Matt Olson taking ground balls today. I, I got to think we we thought God we don't know when he's going to be back. Do you think he's going to be back sooner than than we thought after when he first got hit in the eye? Well, we were hoping you know at some point in time during the Toronto series. That's probably still uh, realistic. If you'd have seen it the day it happened and yesterday and it, it looks so bad. Uh, but today it's finally open a little bit. You can see his pupil, you know, he was out there taking some ground balls. He, he took a few swings in the cage. So, you know, we're getting closer every day with him, but boy, when I first saw that, I didn't think there was any chance that he wasn't to be in the IL, but, uh, he's, he's a warrior. He wants to, to hold on to this thing as long as we can try to get him back in the lineup as soon as we can. So when you've seen fluke injuries in your career, where do you rate this one? Um, up there. I mean, you don't – guys are in the cage so much nowadays. I mean, they're in there twice a day. They do the routine before BP. They do the routine after BP. 
So coaches are flipping from, from a short distance away. And, it, you know, the possibility for it to happen is there. I've never seen it happen like that. So pretty fluke. I think the, the flukest one I've ever seen was uh, in game 160 uh, in Baltimore years back. Pete Harnish was walking over the railroad tracks and stepped on a nail <laughs> and couldn't pitch. And we were, we were one game out going into the last series in Toronto. Um, and we had to do something different that day. So I still think that one holds the title. Pete Harnish. Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, replay. We've had a lot of issues with replay lately. How much are you enjoying replay as a manager? Yeah, well, you always think that you're on the wrong side of it. The other night, I, I think that one was pretty glaring. So, you know, we've had some quite a few over the years where we feel like we were on the short end of it. And I think everybody who's on that side who challenges something and sees a close play always thinks that, you know, uh, they're getting the short end of the stick. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think a couple things I'd change. One, I, I don't know that I would have the, the call on the field uh you know, factoring into it. I mean, you, when you go to replay, it should be either out or safe. I don't think that should factor in. So we'll see. I, I know MLB is working hard to try to streamline it, do the best they can with it. But, you know, if you're an A's fan, uh, it's probably not your favorite dynamic over the course of a game. No, we love that idea. Like send, like send the call to New York and they don't know if it's out or safe. They just have to make right. that call. It seems like, they don't want to overturn whether it, whether it's going for the A's or not. It just seems like they don't want to overturn. I love that idea of sending to sending it to New York and they don't know what has been called yet. You know, and I don't know that I wouldn't only have a couple of crews doing replay and maybe not even umpires. You know, so you you'd have the same people in there. You'd get a better understanding of what you can challenge, what you can't, what the criteria is, and have guys that are experts in there when you're cycling a different crew in there every series, um, you know, that's maybe just not enough experience in there. So that, that would be the other thing I would change. And I've even thought about not even putting umpires in there and just putting video experts, people who are expert. And I know they have people like that, but have people who are video experts who have no relationship with anybody on the field. They have no relationship with the I umpires. They have no relationship with the clubs. What do you think about that? No, that's what I was referring to. I think that would benefit as well because you can't help it. You know, you have other guys that you're close to and, you know, in your field of work, you, you can't help but try to protect them a little bit, even though that's not part of the criteria. But I, I, I would say that that probably would be a, a really good step as well. You know, on NBC Sports California, Delaire put up the graphic of all the different rules there at Tropicana Field. And it was like you got you got the different rings and the catwalks. What 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 is that like managing a game when you got all this stuff that you'll never see in any other ballpark? It feels like you're playing a game in a pinball machine. It really does. And and you know the last two rings are homers. And there was a ball that we hit. I can't remember who hit it. One of our left-handers. It went over one of the rings that that if it hits it, it's a homer and was caught by the right fielder. So almost like the upper deck in, in Tiger Stadium where the, the right fielder can be up against the wall and ready to catch it, and it catches up in the upper deck. So it, it's just, it's, it's the, for me, it's the toughest place to play. You know, the, the turf there isn't great. It, it's really hard, and it's really, it's really bald. And, 
Then you have all these different ground rules you don't see very well in there. It's a tough place to play a series, let alone a four-game series. So uh, not my favorite place to go. Yeah, when Kevin Kiermeyer is struggling to recognize the ball in the air and the guy's won, what, three gold gloves, then you know his his own home ballpark, then you know it's a tough place to play. But, you know, I, you know when, you, when you talk about a legacy, we found out, you know, one of the things that has made your career so great is, is how you've influenced people. And Ben McDonald came on our program, Ace Cast Live, and said that, when he showed up in Baltimore, he didn't know how to tie a tie. You taught him how to tie a tie, and he says to this day, he still uses the same technique. That's my crowning achievement in baseball for sure, <laughs> is teaching ben, ben McDonald how to tie a tie. When I asked him where he was from and he said Louisiana, I, I had no idea what he, just, what he told me. His accent was so thick. He is such a Southern boy, and and – to, to watch him go from, you know, this kid that shows up in Baltimore and probably is highly a touted draft first round, first, first pat draft pick that, that up until that time, maybe ever, and, and be able to play with him and watch him mature. Uh, what a terrific gentleman. And, you know, he does a lot of uh, stuff for the Orioles now, uh, the TV stuff, and, and just, just such a great guy. So there are certain people in the game that really resonate and, you'll always be friends with Ben is one of those guys and man when he gets going on stories he can be pretty funny and that accent gets thicker and thicker uh what a great guy yeah he says to this day when he does television he t he still ties the same knot that you taught him back in those days well I don't know that there's a ton of different ways to do a tie so uh, you know I, I taught him what I knew at that time and you to see a tie nowadays, we don't we don't dress like that before. You had to wear a coat and tie on the road. Even when you went down into the lobby, you had to have slacks and sport coat on just to go get a coffee in the lobby. So that's changed dramatically. But uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, something I, I, I did in life <laughs> still resonates with Ben. <clears throat> you know, isn't that amazing how travel has changed? Because, I mean, th that was the one thing that drove me nuts with the Raiders was that the players got to wear sweatsuits and I had to be in a full-on suit and tie. Uh, just talk about how travel has changed in your career. It really has. I mean, for a while, when I first got to the big leagues, we were still taking some commercial flights, uh, one in Detroit and one in San Francisco. So you were expected to look like bankers, even though we weren't. And now with the travel and the late-night travel and, the you know, everything's chartered, uh, I have certainly uh, tempered my thoughts on on what guys need to wear too. We we want them to be themselves and be comfortable. So, um, you know, it is what it is. It's just changed like a lot of things in the game. All right, Bob. Great stuff. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Tony. That's the Bob Melvin Show brought to you by NestBetting.com. Of course, Nest Betting has stores in the Bay Area, safe and clean right now, to shop in. Or you go online at NestBetting.com. Love where you sleep. Use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. That's NestBetting.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.